Hi, Chattanooga FC fans. This is Coach Peter Fuller, and you are listening to the Section 109 podcast, and make sure you keep listening. Welcome into the Section 109 podcast. I'm your producer, Jay, and I've been hiding something from all of my co-hosts and Uh-oh. the guests today. Oh, I'm nervous. My. I've been working behind the scenes, and today is our first episode with a sponsor. What? No. No. Yes, sir. So this episode of the Section 109 podcast is sponsored by Operation Get Active. Hey. OGA, as we call it, is a health initiative that uses the game of soccer to encourage Chattanooga's youth to live active, healthy lifestyles. The program aims to inspire and educate children across chat about the importance of health, fitness, and nutrition, while encouraging participants to maintain in regular exercise throughout the rest of their childhood and into adolescence. Using soccer as a tool, OGA seeks to introduce a a diverse group of children to sports, and in doing so, develop their teamwork, leadership, and social skills. And uh, to find out more, go to operationgetactive.org slash donate if you're feeling generous. Are, are they having any programming during the summer? Or so we are, we're are we filming the, the virtual OGA sessions, which I'm doing right now. We've had Ian McGrath on and uh, just filmed one with Richard Dixon. Um, and then nice. there's, there's, there's a lot more. Those are just two out of um, the 15 that we're going to be putting out. And then, so that's for the, the uh, you know, the struggle of the coronavirus and everything. That's, that's what we've done to kind of um, you know, combat that, but sure. then, um, they're going to be going into the fall with a similar setup. So, okay. and, and to, to tie this all together, then we can do our normal intro after that. Sorry, which will this, this will be a part of the normal intro, but, um, we're going to have some awesome giveaways and some other kind of raffles going on with the podcast in the future. Stay tuned oh, snap. and you'll find out no. more. Ooh, this is tremendous. awesome. Nice. These are, these are for all of us. Well, I've been waiting all day to say that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So let's, uh, let's just get right into it there. This is Breezy. I'm joined by co-hosts, Matt Smitty, producer Jay already said his thing. And yes, we sir. are joined by our esteemed guest. So head, esteemed. Head coach of Chattanooga Football Club, Mr. Peter Fuller. Hey. Guys. Thank you so much for having me, and I've uh, I've been looking forward to getting on this uh, this podcast for quite some time. So you, you don't have to lie. I know you keep every time I see you, you ask us <laughs> when you, you know, guys going to hey, have me on. Yeah. come on. No, no. So we, I mean, we're I, I think we're all a little embarrassed it's taken this long. Yeah, for um, sure. But you know, the other the other players are younger, and you know, you're just you're placing the team. Oh, oh, sorry. Um, you're not. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Listen. No, we're we're super grateful you're here. I, I appreciate it, but. Uh, the, the most important thing in a professional club are the players. And uh, if you don't have players, we uh, none of us have jobs, and you guys don't have people to cheer for True. and talk about. So uh, uh, the guys should be uh, um, looked on as uh, they, get, uh, they get a little special treatment in terms of that. So Definitely. We've had, uh, I've had a couple of conversations with a few of them, so in future pods we're going to be having awesome interviews with a lot Good. Of the players. Good. We've got some good guys. We've got some very interesting guys. So <laughs> cool. And actually some pretty funny guys. There you go. So. Good. We might have to come back to we might have to come back to that in a little bit. So speaking of players, I understand uh, and I'm not positive, but I think you were a player at some point. I would love to know when your soccer journey uh, started. As a as a kid, I guess, or start from the beginning, if you wouldn't mind. Sure. I mean, I, obviously, I think the ball had stitches at the time. Uh, <laughs> and, and the guys wore square toes, shoes, yeah. and those kinds of things. But uh, no, I I, um, I first uh, I first kicked a soccer ball in what nineteen. 
probably 66, 67 in gym class. And uh, my dad was a professional baseball player. So I think he really sort of I didn't I don't uh, think I knew that about you. Yeah, he was in the Cardinal. He was in the Cardinal system. And uh, a great, great all around athlete was the first inductee into the New Hampshire Sports Hall of Fame. Oh, wow. Um, So still holds the record for um, longest punt. Um, was all state in basketball, um, first team all state in baseball for I think four years, all four years he was in high school. That's amazing. So, yeah. So he, um, so I, I, he passed I, on some of those athletic genes. He, he did. He <laughs> did. I wish it, I got his height though. That was the only thing. He was about six one and, and, uh, how tall are you coach? I'm about five ten. So that's not, it's not bad. It, it, it's, it's, uh, it's the difference between yeah. being an actual professional and yeah. sometimes hey, how, not. How, yeah. how dare you? Yeah. The, di- the difference between my dad and I, I had ups and he didn't. I, mm. I had about a 32, 33-inch vertical jump. So I could dunk a volleyball. I couldn't palm a basketball. But, uh, okay. Um, so I, 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 could, uh, I could jump. I was, a wh- <laughs> I was a white man that could jump. There you go. So you, were, so. So you, started, kick- you started kicking around in gym class. Did you immediately fall in love with soccer and then start I was, playing? I was good at it. The thing about it is, I mean, I remember, and, and again, remember, I grew up, in Boston, where you had um, at the time the Bruins were everything, the, mm-hmm. the hockey team in Bobby Orr, and and I loved Bobby Orr, and I loved how he played defense, how he pick the puck up deep in his zone, carry it through, go coast to, to coast. The ice. So I yeah. I basically thought that's how if I was on defense, that's what you did. You just ran <laughs> through everybody. And, um, Jurgen Klopp would so, love you. So I I uh, my my freshman year in high school, we didn't have football. Um, at the, the high school that I went to until very late after they had already had soccer. Mm. And my dad didn't want me to play football in high school, so I went out for soccer. I knew I was okay at it. I hadn't played, you know, I played really recreationally. And uh, there were 63 guys going out for five spots on the JV okay. as freshmen. And uh, I got out on the field. First time I picked the ball up, I went through passed and somebody scored and the coach took me off and so I couldn't figure out what did I do wrong and so he took me off and I sat down and I didn't know whether to ask I mean I was timid I didn't I'm a freshman I didn't know whether to ask so they were announcing the guys that had made it at the end and mine was the first name so I was like okay so I asked him afterwards I'm a year or two down the road, I said, why did you do that? He said, he said, you know, he went through seven guys. <laughs> <laughs> Check. All right. Put everybody else on. He said, I was, I'm, I'm picking you. So didn't you just so, see any more? Yeah. So it was like, he had okay. other players, he had other yeah. players and other yeah. spots to evaluate. Yeah. So Harry, my Harry McGuire can yeah. only dream of doing that. Yeah. No, I mean, it's listen, it, it, um, it was, it was just something I, I took to and I was good at, um, I was a good baseball player, not a great baseball player. I was a, um, I was a good basketball player, but not. I was more of a defender who just, you know, would chase people around. With, with ups, yeah, with ups for sure. And uh, um, but I was really, I was really good at soccer. And and I think when you're young, um, I didn't have a lot of confidence. I think you gravitate to the things that you know that you're good at. So I did, and. Um, had a had a nice freshman year on the JV. I got called up to the varsity. The varsity team that year went to the state final in Massachusetts mm. and lost. 
Um, sophomore year, I was one of only two sophomores on the varsity. But it was more starting my junior year. In the summer between my junior and senior year where I really took off, I was all, I was all conference or county my junior year in high school. But my senior year, before my senior year, I went to New Hampshire and worked at a camp up there um, with a coach that was recruiting me to go play in college. And his son was there, and he was a kind of an idol of mine. Mm. And I spent the whole summer, the whole summer, I worked in the kitchen, and when I wasn't working in the kitchen, I went out on the field, and all I did was play the ball with my left foot. Play it with my left foot, play it with my left foot, play it with my left foot. And you're right-footed. And I'm right-footed, very right-footed. And, uh, um, and interestingly enough, but what, three years later, I, mean, I again, I had a great senior year, all state, all New England, um, and went to college, went to a small school, a school that my mom and dad wanted me to go. It was a small Christian school, and I, I had offers to go to other places, but my parents, we were, we were, it was a really strong Christian home, and mm. my parents wanted me to get a, a, a Christian education. So I begrudgingly went, but uh, <laughs> in the end, it was, a, it was a great place for me. I met my wife there, and... and Soccer-wise at the time, again, remember, guys, this is the late 70s, so yeah, there, wasn't, there wasn't... There <laughs> wasn't... Yeah. Matt, Matt yeah, remembers yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. There's a, <laughs> Smitty, there's a couple of good books out about it. So. But, uh, uh, I, think but, I, I think I was still working for the Carter uh, administration abs- back then. Uh, absolutely, yeah, yeah. So I, I went there. There was no... You didn't really have NCAA Division One, Two, Three. NAIA at the time, it was all under what was called the Intercollegiate Soccer Association of America. Mm. And we were, we were always ranked top 20, some years top 10 while I was in school. We had a great team. But, um, you know, it, it, again, it was, a, it was a small Western New York school. Um, soccer was the big sport there. It was not unusual for us to have a thousand at a game. Wow. Um, oh, nice. That's awesome. Awesome. It was a, it was a great atmosphere to play in and, and, to be a part of. Um, now, did they? Did you? Were you able to get a scholarship or anything? Were they giving scholarships out no, for soccer? Not at the, not at that time. There were no scholarships. But again, I, again, I'm, you guys are going to laugh your backsides off at this one too. I think my first uh, year's payment for school was fifty five hundred dollars. Okay. Yeah. I mean, so that's I mean, not even a quarter. Yeah. Uh, like if <laughs> you want to go that's how much you for pay for books yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> and I, th- I think I think Houghton now for a year I want to say is up around fifty five or sixty. So I mean it just oh, shows yeah. you Jeez. how much how much things have changed. And uh, but it was a, it was a great place to go. It was a great environment to be in. Um, you know, it's uh, um, I got kicked out of school. Uh, at a baby, my, yeah. my, my sophomore year. <laughs> Tell um, us what you did. At a baby, <laughs> I I got kicked out of school for a week for dancing and playing face cards. How dare you? Yeah. So it sounds like you, yeah. me, and Smitty grew up in similar homes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there and would to be honest, about, if uh, anybody sees me dance, I should have gotten kicked out. <laughs> I mean, to be honest with you, oh my God. I mean, I, it's disgraceful. To be it's honest. crime against humanity. Yeah, it is. It well, it's is. funny because yeah. I wasn't thinking about that, but now I kind of want to see it. <laughs> so uh, it depends, I guess. I'll tell you what. We win the cup. I'll do a little quick jig. Okay. Yeah, all right. Guys. Oh, my uh, gosh. So. Record that and vault it. I, yeah. I, I, I believe yeah. it's pronounced when we win the cup. Right. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm smarter than that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so yeah. after college, 
Yes. Uh, you continued your playing career. I did. I did. I I um, I played. I was the top pick, um, uh, number one pick by New York Eagles in the um, in the old ASL. Um, okay. Was this a competitor at, competitor to the NASL? Or did it? It was. It was. A, it was a competitor. Um, did the Cosmos kill that league too? Uh, they did. <laughs> yeah. If you want to know the truth, yeah, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. Add one to the memes, fellas. Add yeah. one to the memes. Yeah. <laughs> but that was always an interesting time, guys, because you had to have um, two. Every team in the league had to have two Americans on the roster because what everybody was doing was, and, and the Eagles were no different. Um, they were based out of Albany, New York, mm. and um, they brought over the whole reserve team and some of the regulars from Red Star Belgrade. Oh, wow. Came over for the summer. So... Oh. They brought them over. Um, the head coach was Russian. Um, the trainer was Yugoslavian. Um, the assistant coach was also Yugoslavian. And um, the publicist spoke English, Russian, and Yugoslavian. So he's the most important guy in the whole deal. <laughs> Someone who spoke all the languages. Yeah. Right. So... We're, we're playing, it's the first couple of days that I'm there. I mean, nobody's saying boo to you. I mean, it, it, the other American guy and I basically hung out together. So, so there was only two, really, yeah. truly only two? The only two. We were the only two there. And they, did, they didn't want us. I mean, it, think about it. These guys, were, these guys are playing one of the top European clubs. In the, it, yeah. One of the top clubs in the world. It's a, gi- it's a giant club. And all of a sudden, two of their guys from there can't come over because they're going to make place for me and my buddy. Mm-hmm. And... It, it was it was interesting. The first first eleven aside scrimmage, I was marking a guy by the and you can look this guy up if you ever want. Billy Bolovic is his name. Billy was I don't know. It's funny. I look back on it now. It seemed like he was like six ten. He was <laughs> it was more like probably six four or six five. Huge guy, target forward, and I'm marking against him, and he's pushing back against me. All of a sudden, he takes a ball, and I go to step in to block it, and he swings through. It was the, day, the days when everybody just wore six studs. And he kicked through, and kicked through the top of my shoe. He took the lace right out of my shoe. It was gone. My God. The laces were gone. There was no lace left in my shoe. And it was right then I was kind of like, you know, Toto ain't in Houghton anymore. <laughs> I mean, this is, this is a whole... This is a whole different. This is a whole different deal. So pause for a second. Were you coming out of what was your position in college most most of the time? We played in college. We played a four two. Uh, we played a four two four. Four two four. And I played as the stopper in that. Um, okay. So um, I was smallish for that position, but I was great in the air. Um, those ho- those I, I hops again. In, I won everything in the air. But the other thing that helped me a lot, and I I tell people this, and they look at me kind of cross eyed a little bit. I was a center fielder in baseball. My dad, that was my dad's position. Judging the ball. My dad would just hit balls and hit balls and learning how to judge the ball. Mm -hmm. So if a goalkeeper was punting out or if it was a goal kick or whatever, I was always to the right spot first. You you knew. I knew exactly where it was coming down. And uh, I've actually, with with my union kids um, at Philadelphia Union, when I had the 18s and we had some of the younger ones, I'd take them out and hit baseball and hit tennis balls to them. 
to teach some of the center backs how to get underneath the ball and how to properly judge it and things like oh, that. Nice. So and, those uh, are the kinds of things where you play two, multiple sports growing up. You learn yeah. a little bit faster than yeah. Yeah. You do. some others. Now, now you when, do. You, when you got drafted by the New York Eagles, did they, where did they want to play you? I mean, did they have a particular, were they like, we need a left I back? I think they were hoping they didn't have to play. <laughs> I mean, that was the, that was the thing. Sure. Um, but I had played, uh, again, as fate would have it, um, I had made it through to the Olympic trials, uh, made it through to the round of 40 um, for the 80 Olympic team, the one that um, um, we ended up not going to in mm. Moscow. And, uh, mm-hmm. and I made it mainly because I was in the second group that had gone on a tour to Central America and the Caribbean. Um, our left back, who was our only left footer on that tour, uh, tore ligaments in his ankle the first training session in Puerto Rico. Mm. And we were getting ready to play Puerto Rico's national team the next day. So coach asked, you know, who, who, who plays left back? And I immediately raised my hand. Yeah, I, I play, I'd never played it in my life, <laughs> but I, but I had figured out probably that's the only way I'm making any, got any chance of making the pool. Yeah. So right. I volunteered and played the next day and, and just kind of, and all those, that summer you'd spent working on your left foot. That's yeah. yeah. <laughs> that comes to the head. Yeah. There yeah. You. So it, uh, it, it was, uh, it helped a lot. And, uh, um, I, I think the game at the top level, you don't have to necessarily be two-footed. Mm. Um, I think if you can play a ball with the outside of your if, of your good foot, I think that covers things. But there are just times. You're chasing a ball down. You've got a guy under pressure. You know you've got to lift it over the next line defensively. You've got to be able to hit a ball once in a while with your left foot. It's got to be done. Yeah. And uh, um, nobody's clever enough to get out of every situation. So you've got to be able, you've got to be able to figure that out a little bit. So are you, when you're playing on the uh, the junior team, the summer team of Red Star Belgrade, did yeah. they want to play you at left back? Um, they basically played. They played me at center back, and then they moved me into midfield as a six. And again, I think there are some guys that absolutely just need the game in front of them. They mm. can't play 360 degrees, and I was one of them. I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't play 360. I couldn't, I couldn't figure out the angles guys were coming at and, mm. and all of that. I needed to have the game in front of me. Later in my career in indoor, I actually played up front uh, to finish off my career, and that was actually great because I was actually at the other end of that, if you think about it. Rather than the guy playing the ball, I'm the guy receiving the ball in the front. And I was a good target player. I was strong and could hold the ball up and lay good balls off. Um, so, but the midfield portion of it for me was a, was a problem, big problem. So where'd you go after, after the, the New England Eagles? After, after New York Eagles. Or New York, excuse yeah, me. I went, I went out to, uh, I had stints in Memphis, with uh, Memphis Americans in the major indoor soccer league. Um, Sounds like another league the Cosmos killed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Crack yeah. them yeah. up. Funny story there. The guy that was the coach there was a guy, Horst Bertel. He played for years at Hamburg um, in Germany. And Horst was great. He was a great player himself. We had a number of Germans that were there. But, uh, um, you know, I, I, I would joke with people when I call home and joke with my mom and dad, and I'd say, you know, I, I think he thinks my name is Jesus Christ because every time I touch the ball, he's yelling <laughs> that at the top of his lungs. <laughs> and it's like, I'm not deity. I'm not. I mean, I'm just me, you know. And, and, and uh, But, yeah, so 
Um, I, I stayed there about a month, um, left, went and played in the old Canadian Soccer League. Um, How was that? It was great. My wife's Canadian, so I was able to play as a citizen. Oh, cool. Um, and it was, nice. it was great. I, I actually took a Bachelor of Arts in Religion um, at a Bible college up there while I was there, thinking that I might want to go into the ministry eventually. Mm. And... Uh, um, That'd be a good fit for you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, now his ability yeah. to say grace when we when we get together makes so much more sense, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It really does. Yeah. So, where uh, um, where where did you play in Canada? In, in, in um, uh, Fredericton, New Brunswick, and then in Halifax, Nova Scotia. Shout out, so, oh, don't don't uh, don't, start don't feed into Halifax. this. Yeah. Don't feed into this. That was that was a that was a leading so question. Or like you were saying. So I loved it up there. I loved uh, loved living in Canada. Um, uh, the Maritimes are a great, great place to live. Um, met one of my best friends. Uh, we're still very close. Um, there, we played together there. Um, so, uh, um, loved playing there. And then an opportunity came with a new team in the Major Indoor Soccer League in uh, Tacoma with Tacoma Stars. Mm. Um, and Who went still out, exist to this day. They do, actually, yeah. And uh, went out there for a trial, got picked, um, and uh, was with with them for what five six years? Were right. they so, were they paying enough at that time that you could make a living? I made uh, my my uh, uh, I would I made thirty five thirty five thousand a year for an eight and a half month contract. Okay, and so you and you had to, but you had to play. You had if you were injured, if you were out for any length of time, you got docked money. I mean, it was there was no. I mean, then no player, you know, unions or anything like that. The, the, the player union was, you know, get your backside into training. And, and, <laughs> this is and, what yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. And this is, you know, I mean, I, I broke my nose. I got hit. I got absolutely waylaid um, with a shot. I mean, my nose was, was all over my face. My eyes were popping out like they were on springs. And uh, I remember going home and Cass like, she's like, you, you can't, you can't go to bed. I said, do you want food on the table? I mean, you're not making enough. And the only way this works is I got to get to work. So I got to be at work tomorrow. So I went in. I looked like a raccoon. I mean, I had, like, <laughs> it's black and blue everywhere. You can imagine the guys, too. I mean, just, just <laughs> killing me. I'm just giving it to you. Yeah, yeah. But uh, no, it was, it was, that was a great experience. And I played with some good players. I played with Precky as a 17-year-old. Mm. Oh, wow. And, uh, How was that? that? Was, Great, he didn't speak English. Um, Steve Zungle kind of <laughs> led him around, and, and uh, um, he's actually a great. Precky's a great, a great guy, a guy that I get along well with. I know that there's some things out there. There, are, there's things out there that people don't like him or or whatever. I mean, he's a, um, you know, he's a he's an ex, you know, communist bloc guy, you know, and and. Uh, it shouldn't surprise people that he that guys that are from that environment are the way that they are. But uh, but he's a great player and he had a he had a sweet left foot. I mean, you knew exactly what was coming. He was going to take it wide, get you to move there, act like he was going to shoot, and then cut it back in front of you, and you couldn't stop it. It was you couldn't stop it. You couldn't stop it. And he was never going to hit a ball with his right foot. So he'd get you now to lunge toward his right. And he just cut it back to his left. Now we'd finish it. And it was just, and, and everybody 
knew. Everybody in our team knew. Everybody in the league knew. Everybody in the world knew. And no, no one could stop it. You couldn't stop it. You couldn't stop it. A little bit of that Aryan Robin. <laughs> he was he was amazing, absolutely amazing. And uh, um, he uh, uh, was. A, I, I was very fortunate in Tacoma. We had a we had a nice team, and I played with some some good players and some guys that I'm still. Um, still friendly with a good story you guys will get a kick out of if you I don't know if he'll come up when you look him up but there's a kid named Tim Bartro Timmy grew up in Federal Way Washington he was a part of one of the great youth youth teams um, in the country uh, the Smetzer brothers played for them um, he um, uh, actually he didn't play with them he played with a, a group called Tacoma Rovers and uh, but Timmy um, Tim was a, a, a prodigy. Um, I think he was the youngest player to ever play in an NASL game. Um, oh, wow. Uh, I want to say he, play, he made his debut at 15 or 16 oh, for, wow. for, for the Sounders. That's crazy. And, yep, Seattle uh, Sounders. And he ended up, <clears throat> Timmy, Timmy had one or two really good years. He kind of, he, 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 the success got to him. He partied a little too much. Um, you know, as one does, ended up, <laughs> as one does, and he and he ended up making his way around. Well, eventually, he came back to Tacoma, and while I was there, and uh, with the Stars, and he and I hit it off, and and developed a nice friendship. He played for a guy in San Jose named Don Popovich. Pop was a, a Yugoslav who had coached Rochester Lancers in the NASL, kind of built them from nothing to everything, but he was a he was a nasty, nasty piece of work and had no time for, you know, he was one of these, like he'd say to Timmy, you know, Timmy would do something like funny in the locker room or whatever. He'd walk by and go, huh, huh, Bartro, Pepsi generation, you know, and then walk on, you know. <laughs> well, this with, one. With strong contrast to the Coke generation. Right, exactly. So he, at halftime, Timmy's having a nightmare, and he comes into the locker room. They're losing, and he's ranting and raving, and he finally looks at Timmy, and he points his finger, and he goes, Bartro, Bartro, I don't play you. I don't trade you. I ruin you. There you go. Wow, very motivational. <laughs> he, was, he was released the next day. Wow. Yeah. So th those, are some of the, those are some of the days that a number of us grew up in. And mm. just you just learned. My thing was, I knew pretty well on that I was. I knew I knew once I got to Tacoma, I wanted to coach, and I would take and put up with a lot of things from a lot of the older players. I always gravitated to the foreign guys, mm -hmm. and the reason was is because I knew they played at a level I never played at. Mm -hmm. I knew they saw the game in a way that I didn't see it, and I wanted to know why, and I wanted to know what it was I could learn. And that was invaluable to me in my coaching. And uh, uh, just very, um, uh, I, I consider myself, although some of those times were really difficult, they were, it was neat. It was a, it was a, and it was a good experience and the right experience for me. I took it the right way. So that's a perfect segue. Let's, let's move over into your, your kind of coaching career. Uh, where did you, where did you start? Uh, and then kind of just chronologically chronic the journey for us. Yeah. Uh, I was, before I, you landed here. Yeah. I was playing in Tacoma and, uh, one of the guys that I played with, 
um, was co- was the assistant coach at uh, what was Fort Stillicum Community College, is now Pierce Community College. But what a name, Fort Stillicum. Exactly. Just, Think about where you could go. You could go. You could go some places with that. One. Yeah, <laughs> believe me. So much track that no wonder they changed their name. Exactly. Where was that? Yeah, it was in Tacoma. Okay, so um, it was local. Yeah, and uh, so we. He had asked me, he'd been asking me and asking me to go out and help the defenders. Mm. And I was like, man, I, I just, you know, it's, it was, it was, you know, I, I'd get home from practice. I was dead. I didn't want to go out in the afternoon. And finally I was like, I'll go, I'll go. So I go out the first day and I help him out and we get, uh, and I'm like, you know what? I kind of enjoyed that. That was, that was fun. And, and you know, the kids that are hanging on every word you say and, yeah. and it's, it was kind of neat. So, um, he asked me the next day, he was like, do you want to come back? And I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll come back. And as fate would have it, the head coach got sick that afternoon. So couldn't come to practice. And Dan, my friend who would ask me to come out, he had something come up at home. I think his wife was pregnant or something. There was some issue. He couldn't come. I ended up with 25 guys that I didn't know. And it's just, and yeah. I coached. This is going to be One my afternoon. second day of coaching. Yeah. So I'm basically like, okay. So I just set some cones up. I basically set a possession exercise up. Um, did some finishing. Did a couple of other things. And all of a sudden I was like, Man, this is a blast. I'm really enjoying this. <laughs> you found your place. Exactly. And it was like, and I, and I tell people, when I left the field that day and collected all the equipment and put it in the car and left, I was like, I know what I want to do the rest of my life. Oh, I know wow. what I want to do. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. Not a lot of people so, have that kind of clarity. No. And, it, and, it's, and, I, and I know that, and I know that I'm blessed. And, I, and it's one of the reasons, Breezy, for me, I tell people this. When I go into the stadium at 7.30 in the morning, and I see Jordan there, and like this week, Bill's there, and Michaela, our trainer, and I go and get the equipment out, and I start to take a look around, and I sit there, and I'm like, this is awesome. I mean, I'm making my living at a kid's game. Mm. I mean, how good is this? I've never, ever, ever forgot the fact that it's a privilege to do what I do and not a right. Mm. And I think I... I and that's why sometimes with the players, when I see them, you know, you know, act, you know, a little bit Billy Big Bollocks about things and this and that and the other thing. And it's, you're sitting there and you're like, you know, there's a thousand guys that would love to be doing what you're doing. You're lucky. You're lucky. Enjoy it. Yeah. Enjoy it. You know, and, and, um, and it, so for me, that's, that was my, that was my start in it. And, uh. Immediately, um, uh, I took over as the assistant there at uh, at Pierce. Um, nice, well done, boys. That was a duel. <laughs> Time to that, that was awesome. That was awesome. It's coordination. Um, my last year, it was the year after I finished playing in Tacoma. Um, I got offered the the job there at Pierce. I coached them for a year. Um, left that because I thought I was I. It looked like I was going to get another contract in the American Indoor Soccer Association. So, where, where were you looking to go? Uh, actually, Jackson, Mississippi. Um, oh wow! Uh, team called the Jackson Rockers. Um, but uh, if anyone's listening that wants to start an NPSL team, I would love for there to be a Jackson, Mississippi NPSL team. I agree. 
Jackson's a Jackson's. Didn't a great, uh, isn't there a new MPSL team in Hattiesburg? Is right? there? Is it Hattiesburg? Is it Vicksburg? I don't know. I've tuned out. There's since a new, we one left. In, new one in Mobile. I know that, but AFC Mobile. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Our friends, producer Jay's got a sweet AFC Mobile hat. I do. I wear it all oh, the time. In That's good. That's they, are, yeah. they are. They are in PSL. Uh, this was supposed to be their first year in yeah. the MPSL. I can't remember if, if Southern States yeah. FC SC is uh, Vicksburg or Hattiesburg, but we right. found, we have finally have a team. We I know that they they had a team in the GCPL. Yes. I mean, obviously. So I don't know if they've also moved. I don't. In, I don't know. Um, I'll tell you just a quick plug for that group for AFC Mobile. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you what, Sean Landry. I don't know if you guys know him or not. I do. Yeah, I met him yeah. a couple times. Sean is solid. Done an unbelievable job there. I mean, unbelievable. And that, that board, in a lot of ways, it, <clears throat> the guys there remind me not so much of our board, but remind me a lot of you guys of our our really hardcore supporters. They're into it. They love it. They'll do whatever they can for the game. I mean, they've they've done a phenomenal job. And it's really cool because they are a bunch of supporters mm-hmm. that were supporters all together for the most part of of the same team. Yeah, yeah. In uh, in Pensacola, right? Yeah. Originally, originally Pensacola, kind of. Yeah. And yeah. then they they supported. You know, tried to find a. Uh, a play a team to support when they couldn't find a new team to support. Absolutely, they just they made made one. their own. <laughs> yeah, that's cool for it's a, sure. It's a beautiful yeah. success story. So you're in. You were looking to go to Jackson, Mississippi. That doesn't work out. Yes, yeah, so I go? took I took another community college job out west. And while I was doing this, I was also taking my license. I'd started my licensing, and I actually started it when I was playing in Canada. But it kind of in, in Canada at the time, you had level one, level two, level three. Level one being the the kind of the starting point. Okay. Level three. Then you would go for your C license, and your C license you had to be picked to 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 go on. Um, I got selected, so I took my C. Um, um, while that's going on, there was a new community college that started um, just south of of it was right by SeaTac Airport, actually Highline Community College. So I took that. It was a brand new program. Worked my backside off trying to find players and everything else. We ended up, we went undefeated, um, oh, won the conference, no uh, big, lost no in big. the playoffs, um, but but had a great, great year. And, uh, and that's an interesting one because um, the next year Jackson did come about, uh, the Rockers. So I left, my wife and I packed up uh, November, December of... 2000, no, 19, uh, what, 87, I guess, 87 probably. The year Matt turned 30. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and headed cross country for Jackson, Mississippi. And uh, um, How hot is it in Jackson, Mississippi? Yeah, it's, it's my, <laughs> my mom, uh, my mom's Greek right off the boat, so my mom's, one of my mom's favorite sayings always was, it is hot as the hammers of hell today. <laughs> <laughs> and that is just begins to start describing exactly. what it feels like in yeah. Jackson, Mississippi. Yeah, it's, it's uh, <laughs> I, I'll tell you this. <clears throat> I lived there six years and it was six of the best years of my life. I loved it wow. there. And that, that, that was where I started, co- I started coaching at Bellhaven um, while I was playing, became an assistant there. I hadn't finished my Bachelor of Science in Health and Physical Education. So the guy that was coaching there then invited me to come in, assist him. I was now doing my B license uh, with the Canadian Soccer Association. 
and uh, uh, was his assistant and co-coach and became the head coach in, in 92. Um, and that was, the, we won, uh, we won our first national championship there in 92. So, nice. um, so it was, a it was a good time. I loved it there. 93, we went to the national semifinal and, uh, and what was your first year as head coach? First year as head coach was 1992 at Bellhaven. Yeah. Yeah. And you won a, t- a national title your we very did. first yeah. year. But did- I take, um, I take very little credit only because, Steve Smith, the guy that I was working with at the time, Smitty had done an unbelievable job uh, in, in, nice job, Smitty. <laughs> in, in putting a number of pieces together that helped me. And a lot of his was with admin, <clears throat> administration and getting our administration to start kicking in some money in terms of scholarships. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's interesting, the first year I was there with him, um, I brought, we had 15 guys come from the Pacific Northwest and it was all guys that I'd coached in community college that came uh, down. So that was kind of the start of it. And, yeah. uh, um, interestingly enough, that 92 team, we were start, we started six guys from Jackson, Mississippi. So when I got there, I actually started a U19 team and, uh, and a new club, which now still exists. It's, uh, basically morphed into a uh, Jackson football club there. And, uh, oh, very cool. So it, uh, we had a great, we had a great, um, uh, it was, it was a lot of fun for me there. I loved it. And I still, my former players, I keep in touch with there a lot. Um, loved, uh, loved my time there. It was great. So after Bellhaven, where did you go? I went back up to my alma mater in New York, Houghton. Okay. My old coach who'd been there 26 years was retiring. And And you had uh, unfinished business? And I wanted to, I wanted to go back and, and, uh, I wasn't that excited about it initially, but the thing is it was an opportunity for Kath to teach, Mm. um, at the college level, which she had always wanted to do. So they kind of packaged the two of us together and it was an opportunity for me. Houghton was good at the time, but not, not great. They had kind of coached. It, you know, he's getting old. And uh, and they were NAIA as well? They were NAIA at the time. So went there. Um, he had had a good team the year before. I think they lost, I want to say, to maybe Belmont, <clears throat> Belmont Abbey in the regional semifinal or something like that. But I inherited all those guys and then brought a few guys with me. Um, and we ended up, um, we finished up, uh, I think we went... 22 or 23, two and, or three and something, uh, made it to the national tournament of the NAIA. Um, yeah. They hadn't been for years. Um, and we had a guy that scored 44 goals. Wow. wow. Yeah. Holy Danny Whitehall. Yeah. yeah. Maybe, <laughs> maybe the best, prob- probably the best out-and-out goal scorer that's ever played for me. Where, where did um, he, little sidetracker, where did he end up? It's funny. We finished, we finished up... Um, we finished uh, that season up at the national tournament. He got invited in uh, to Coco, Coco Expo and uh, hopped in with the Olympic team for a week. So he we went immediately in with them. He started having some knee problems, and Ugh. eventually it, it just he blew it out. And uh, Never the same. Jamie Wellington, what a player. And uh, Shout out, Jamie. Shout out, yeah. Jamie Wellington. Yeah, yeah. And uh, somebody that you guys would love. Uh, played with his heart on his sleeve, absolute animal around goal. Um, 
was good at winding people up. Uh, <laughs> Love sounds, sounds like our yeah. type of guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sounds just a little bit like Ian McGrath. Yeah. <laughs> if based on one game this yeah. season. Yeah. Class, so yeah. Last season. how long were you there? One year. And uh, the Mobile job came open. And the, the funny thing about the University of Mobile job is in 19, <clears throat> the spring of 1992, when I had taken over at Bellhaven, the, um, the Mobile job uh, came open and they invited, I actually went down for a visit, liked it, everything else. Um, I ended up coming back and Steve Smith, who I had coached with there, he said, look, I'm going to completely step aside so the school can afford to, to, to keep you, but I want you to stay here. And I was like, okay. So I stayed at Bellhaven. We won the national championship that year. And I often tell people it's, um, the best short-term decision I've ever made mm. <laughs> and maybe the worst long-term decision that, okay. that, that I've, that I've ever made. But, uh, when mobile came open again, it wasn't a question. I mean, I, I, because I knew what that program could be. I knew what it had capabilities of being the facilities they'd built. Um, you had a president that was forward thinking they were willing to put the money in. Um, and, and I missed the South, honestly. I just really miss the South. And you, you so, spent six years in Jackson, Mississippi, and it got so hot that it just melted, it just melted, melted your, your brain, brain a little yeah. bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess yeah. I guess if you can make it in the heat there, you can kind of yeah. go can, anywhere. Make it anywhere. Doesn't matter. Yeah. He's he's here and he's like, oh, it's a balmy hundred and two. It's not bad. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Humidity's only one hundred and fifty percent. Yeah. No, it's it was great, and I had seventeen good years there. I loved it, and uh, um, we yeah. won we won a lot. Um, I believe you had another national title. We did. Yep. 19, uh, or, uh, yeah, nine, uh, 2002. So, so 92 and 2002. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, not a lot of guys with multiple NAIA national championships at different schools. Yeah. Um, I'm the only one. Yeah. So not a lot. No, it's not <laughs> a lot. Um, but it was, uh, it was great. I loved being there. I loved coaching there and I loved who I worked with. I had some great staff. Um, I had some great ADs. Um, I worked for a couple of fantastic presidents. Um, it was when I let when I left in two thousand, you know, January of of two thousand eleven to go to the Revs. It wasn't an easy choice because, and a lot of people were like, you know. Are you sure you want to do this? You mm. got as, you got it as good as it gets. I mean, you got a great setup, great situation. But I always felt <clears throat> that I could coach at the pro level, and I always wanted to give it a try. Mm -hmm. And and I knew it was a risk. I knew that um, I knew the situation at New England. I mean, Stevie had had a poor year the year before, but he'd also been there ten years and won six Eastern Conference championships. So he'd had a great run. Um, Remy Roy, who, was, who had played for me at Mobile and was my assistant for 10 years there, was the goalkeeping coach then at New England. Okay. Um, so I knew Steve, Steve Miles, who was the first assistant. Miles and I had known each other for forever. So it was a good, it, it seemed to, it, I, I thought it was a good fit. And it was. A lot of people are like, you know, in January the next year, you're out of work. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. But, you know, nobody held a gun to my head to go. Mm. I mean, and at, the, and at the end of the day, sometimes you got to take a risk and put yourself in the mix. 
to get an opportunity somewhere else. And in October that next year, I mean, John Hackworth hired me at Philadelphia. And that ended up being a great situation. Um, so. so I have to ask the obvious question. What's it like working with Stevie Nichol? <laughs> yeah, actually, it, it, you, actually, you know what would be fun? And he'd do it. He'd do it. Call him up right now. We, we need to get. You guys need to get him on here. I'm <laughs> just be amazing. I'm, yeah, I'm let just. Me, let me make a phone call. I'm just telling you, he, he's an amazing guy. He was a, a, obviously a fantastic player. I mean, world eleven, um, yeah. best right back in the world for for you know for what two or three years. Um, played at Liverpool um, through all the glory days, mm-hmm. um, and the most humble guy you'd ever want to meet. I mean, just, uh, you know, call, you know, you know, he'd, 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 you know, call me on the phone. I actually lived fairly close to where he lived. Fools, what are you doing? I'm just sitting here at home. Can you sneak out for a cold one? (laughs) (laughs) Sure, boss. So a a proper Liverpudlian? Oh, big time, (laughs) big time. And, and, uh, he, his coaching, Stevie's coaching was, um, it was all built around uh, Liverpool and what they had done. The okay. whole week was, was built around what they did on Monday, what they did on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. What did, what did that kind of look like? Uh, Monday was usually fitness. It, 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 to be fair to him, though, a lot of times, once we got going in the season, we always had Sunday and Monday off. If we okay. played on Saturday and didn't play again until the next Saturday, Sunday and Monday off. Okay, and it was a it was mandatory golf. We had to go golfing. So <laughs> one of those days, you had to go. Sounds like the whole the whole coaching staff. Yeah. So <laughs> who's who's carrying the bags? Uh, we had carts for that. Oh, I mean, okay. We were, nice. We, I didn't know. We, I didn't we, know if somebody we, was. Uh, nah, no, no, no. Who nah. was the best golfer on staff? Me. Yeah. I mean, I I, yeah. I was a scratch at one time. Multi sport. So. Whoa, whoa! How did you end up a scratch golfer? When I was at Mobile, I could play about five 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 days a week if I wanted to. So wow! So yeah. you did, yeah. But th- yeah. that means that's a game you took up in your thirties. I took it up. Uh, I picked a club up for the first time in ninety six, ninety seven, ninety eight. Yes, you were in like your that. you were in your thirties, right? Probably, Early thirties. Yeah. So you had played golf thir- for fourteen thir- years and became a scratch golfer. I did, I did, but I was, I was playing. In there are a, there are listeners screaming at their at yeah. their at their drive rate, their, like their their radio, just curse words. Uh, they've been playing for twenty five years and can't sniff. Or their 10. phone or their computer, where they can find us on Spotify and iTunes. Hey, hey. well done. That's why he's producer Jay. But so, so you play you 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 said fourteen. You played for fourteen years basically and uh, figured it out. Yeah, I mean, I, I I fell in love with it. So for me, it was mainly off I would never play during the regular season when I was at Mobile but season would end the guy when the guys would leave at Christmas time or whatever I was only 10 minutes from the Robert Trent Jones golf trail um there in in Mobile called Magnolia Grove I'd go out in the back of I've the been range. there yeah have you yeah, yeah, I have. I played yeah. there twice yeah. with a friend who got yeah. married there. We played before his wedding, and yeah. then I went back. It was yeah. a really great, cool place. Great layout. But freaking hot. Yeah, agreed. And uh, <laughs> this, is, this, is, now this is really why he can take the heat. Not only did he coach in the heat, he then played golf in the heat in voluntarily. Yeah. yeah, Southern yeah. Alabama. Yeah. So you, you would just play every – I guess being a pro athlete, you probably needed the, uh, I needed the release. A, and, and, and a lot of it was I had a huge group there that I played with, guys mm-hmm. that are still – you know, guys that I consider to be my friends. And we would, you know, you'd have, I used to always talk about the game that I played in there at Magnolia Grove. 
it was one of those, you could have eight guys out at it or you could have 32 guys out at it. But it was, you'd have, um, it was one of those things people had asked me, you know, because there's all kinds of gambling going on. Sure. And, you know, guys playing, <laughs> what, playing what for good is What good is golf if there's yeah, betting? Ex- exactly. Or so, alcohol. And I, both. Yeah. both. <laughs> and I would always tell everybody, I would always tell them when they'd say, how much do I have to bet or whatever? I said, look, man, in this group, you can play for a Coca-Cola, you can play for the Coca-Cola company. But you can play for something. It's your, it's your choice and you're going to have to play for something. So <laughs> that's just how it works. So that's great. But it was, uh, yeah, it was a, it was a um, Mobile was a neat time because I had a lot of time available to me. Sure, because your season it, was only four months? Four months. And, and I had a, I had a full-time and a part-time assistant. They were able to help a lot with in terms of the recruiting. I also, my son, my son was born in 1999. So um, during those years, the early 2000s into, you know, 08, 09, he was still, you know, a young kid and it gave me a chance to spend a lot of time with him. Sure. Um, So it was a, that was a neat time in our lives. It was a, a really neat time. And, you know, look, as I said before, I mean, there's a lot of people that would say, why would you give all that up and go into the grind of, of MLS? I want to see if I could do it. Right. And yeah. you were, I want to see if I could were, do it. You were a New England guy. Yep. And, and we had just, my mom had passed away in January of 2011. My dad was alone. Um, I was very close with my parents. Um, and so I sort of looked at it it wasn't why I went, but it was certainly a, it was a, a factor. It was a, it was a factor in yeah. it, yeah. and uh, um, to be a little closer to home. My sister, God love her, was, I mean, she basically had looked after my mom and dad while mm. I was away chasing my dreams and everything else, and and I felt it was time. That was a portion of it for me to to, to start giving back a little bit to the family. So, so you you move up to New England, and then you and. You were there for a year. Yep. Before before Nickel was fired. And- I was there. He got fired in beginning of November of eleven. We had, they had just first team had just come back from Toronto. I was actually in Orlando, interestingly enough, to watch Deshaun Brown play um, for Central Florida. I got a call that morning from Stevie, and he just said, "Look, Foles, I just got the sack." Um, mm. Miles, he's out. Um, you and Remy got to come back and you guys got to, you got to run training for the next three weeks until the guys go on their break. So basically I had to go back in and be and, the head coach. Yeah. For, because for, he was the for, goalkeeper coaching it, you. It, yeah. Mm. So what was and, that like? Um, like did it was sad. It was really sad. And, and it's funny because the media, I think Stevie gets stitched up by a few people around the organization. Um, and but I, they talked about how, you know, he had lost the, the locker room and things like that. I'm just telling you, that day I walked into the locker room after he had been fired, and we, we closed it off to the media. There were, there were seasoned pros bawling their eyes out. Really? That had been with him for six, seven, eight years. Wow. Bawling their eyes out. And I'm talking about Chris Turney. Um, Shaori Joseph, people like that, bawling mm. their eyes out because they knew, and 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 they knew they they'd let him down. And the truth of it is, yeah, I mean, it, it, the the players had. I think we probably 
we maybe didn't choose wisely, but we were also under the gun financially, big mm. time. And uh, the, so many, the revolution, so many factors. Of, the revolution yep. have never yep. been known as a team that would actually no. spend money until Bruce no. Arena showed up. Right. And even before then, I think, you know, Heapsy, when he was there, um, they made a couple of splashes. Obviously, um, uh, the boy Jones in midfield that they brought, you know, they brought in. And to be fair, it was a huge. That was a huge decision for them. They ended up yeah. winning the East and go, going Jones to the final. Yeah, and he was yeah. great. Yeah, he, he was. was yeah. So good. he was fantastic for them. He's a great player. So we had um, we had the we had the honor of uh, seeing New England come down. I think in the yeah against Columbus. Yes, that was my first year. Yeah, actually, it was 2011. And you were yeah. down here. Yes. So yeah, you- I just joined the team. First, first time at Finley Stadium. Yep. What, what was what was that like? It was like snowing practically, what freezing I re- cold. What I remember is, is and like that, four thousand stupid yeah. people like me. Yeah. What I remember is like this the whole <laughs> time because I just come up from Mobile, shivering. Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And That's contrast. And the and the other side of it is just I mean, being amazed at how many people were there, um, and. Thinking, I mean, this is this is pretty cool. It's kind of my first. I mean, we ha- we we did a week of preseason in Atlanta before we came up. Yeah. Mm. So, um, and it was it was it was neat. It was it was getting to know the guys. It was getting to know the coaching staff. A lot of the media people that were there. Um, you know, Burnsy, Mike Burns uh, was on the trip, so getting to know him a little bit. So, from what I remember, that was like fairly quickly organized. In yes. terms of in terms of coming up, because I think I I had returned from Ohio for spring break, and then all of a sudden it was announced midweek, like, "Hey, there's going to be this game this weekend." Somebody yeah. needs to explain this game to me. So yeah, in I'd... the in the, I guess it was March of 2011. Yeah, uh, we had so like we were coming off of of two the first two seasons of CFC. Right. Uh, we'd had the one international friendly when we played against uh, Atlas in summer 2010. Ah. And split, so the split jerseys, right? The split jersey. Year. Yes. And so, you know, we had like 6,000 fans at that game. Mm. And so the board's like, you know, what else can we do to, to have some more soccer as opposed to just, just a summer, a summer season. Mm-hmm. And so I guess this opportunity somehow came up to uh, have some of you, there were several new England, Columbus, a couple others were, were, were playing their preseason, preseason stuff. And I think in Kennesaw. Um, and, and there it is. There it is. And then all of a sudden, we just we just somehow get this game at Finley Stadium, and it's a preseason game, so it's nothing you know, it's nothing crazy, right? Uh, but they just wanted an, an, an additional yeah. soccer event in Chattanooga, sure. And I, I swear, something like I mean, it's it's practically snowing, it's freezing cold, yeah. And I swear, four and a half thousand people were there. Not to be a total cop out and to always plug something when I decide to speak on the microphone, but I bet there's tickets slash merch from that game in the package that you can purchase from CFC in the future if they do that. Because there's I so. I've seen, seen some packages. stuff, you know, just random posters and tickets and stuff back there. Yeah, I bet it's in there. And I don't I don't even remember what what happened to that game. I remember it being super fun. I bet Foles does. I don't really. I don't remember. Nope. I do not remember. And 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 I'm thinking on it because did Shawry Joseph score in that game? So it was New England beat know. the Columbus Crew two to one on Sunday. An announced crowd of four thousand three hundred seventy nine wow. attended the game. But that was that was uh, that was uh, never mind. That was someone else's math. So it's probably like <laughs> three thousand people. <laughs> Hot. 
Damn, what the fuck? Wow, that was that spicy. Was unbelievable. Did who? it say did it say who scored? <laughs> Um, I did not read that far into the article. Because now I'm curious. Nobody reads the Times Free Press articles. I was pretty close. So So the article goes on to explain what you were just talking about, how the teams were. It's part of the Atlanta MLS Challenge at Kennesaw State University. Um, Sonny Niasi. Oh, wow. That's a name I haven't heard in a while. Um, Zach Shilawaski. Shilawaski. Yep, that. And <laughs> Tim Hineman scored. Tim Hineman. That. Oh, wow. <laughs> I've coach gotten every Belmont. single name wrong. No. Oh, that, that's Tommy Hineman. Tommy. The goalkeeper yeah. was Bobby Shuttleworth. Is he, isn't Clutch. he still playing? I think so. For Bobby's, Minnesota? Bobby's back. I think he's left Minnesota. I'm trying to remember where he's at. Bobby's Bobby's good kid. I, uh, I enjoyed coaching him. I had him most of that year in the reserves. Enjoyed him a lot. So okay, so let's go to after after your time at New England ends. But what mm-hmm. happens between you said? Yeah, 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 that's where I'm going with this. Okay. So your time at New England ends. Yep. Uh, but you didn't get hired by Philadelphia until October of the yep. of the next you know that next season. Sure. So what did you do the ten months or so in the middle? We, st- we still had our house in Mobile that was empty. Um, I needed obviously. Um, my severance was like a month with New England, so I needed to work. Mm-hmm. Kath was teaching up in Boston. That was her first year teaching up there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I basically was like, I went back to Mobile. I started my own soccer consulting business. Basically, I, you, got, you got kids that want to go out and want to train. I'll train them. Uh, you got homeschooled kids that you want to do PE classes for. I'll do the PE classes for them. Um, I took jobs doing everything you can possibly imagine just to make sure that I, that I helped Kath pay the bills. February of 2012, I get a call from Bill Elliott, and Bill says, you know, and actually to be fair, we had talked, before, we had talked prior to this, um, to be fair, he was great to me. I, I learned a lot about who my friends were during yeah. that time. So how, how did you know Bill? Bill and I had coached against each other for years when he was, because he was at West Florida and I was at Mobile. We were 60 miles from each other. Gotcha. So we'd play well, against each other. So like, ri- like rivals? Were you NA- Not really, because we were NAI and they were D2 for most of that time. So you were way but better. You, but you... <laughs> Bill, to be fair, most of the time, those last few years that we played them, uh, West Florida beat us. And uh, Bill put, Bill had a, Bill has got a good program there. Did a terrific job. He's done a terrific job. He's still there, yeah. Yep. So was he? Does that mean you guys played friendlies? I take it like you scheduled out like out of conference type games. How did that work? Out of conference games, and okay. and it was a sensible one because both of us are kind of on an island in both places to try sure. and get games. So it was, it made a lot of sense. We'd usually play spring against each other. We'd usually play, um, fall, uh, preseason against each other. Um, and it kind of grew into, you know, a, a, a real friendship where, you know, he'd call me, we'd meet for breakfast sometimes about halfway between, um, sit down and talk tactics about, you know, a four, three, three versus, three five two or whatever and when I lost when I lost my job at New England he was the one of the first phone calls I got so I had moved back down in January 
beginning of February, I get a call from him and he says, would you be interested in being my assistant this next fall mm. at West Florida? He said, I just got a full-time assistant position. I was like, I'm hoping I'm, I've got some things working to get back into the league, but I don't have anything. Yeah. I mean, I'm interested. I, let's sit down and talk about it. So I went over one thing led to another and I ended up being his assistant for 2012 That's at, really cool. at, at West Florida. So how and was that? It was great. Um, although I will say this, I learned then that I never wanted to go back into college soccer again. Why is that? It's just, I mean, it was one particular game. We were playing against University of West Alabama at Pensacola. The other coach is up just, it, I mean, it, is, it, was, it, it, was, it was like he was on speed, just going nuts. <laughs> That's not what I expected. Um, <laughs> you know, he's making, he's making six changes at a time. You know, right. Like God bless like college soccer. Yeah, it's ro- it's yeah. rolling changes. Yeah. Um, one of our best players, and we had a really good team. That was Richard Dixon's senior year, and we had a really good team. You have, did Shout you have Felipe Oliveira on that team? Felipe was a freshman that year. Yeah. Wow. And Shout out, one of our best players, um, Frank Cope, is beating a guy. He's going in. Guy just comes flying in from behind, takes him down from behind, breaks his leg. Oh, my God. And... I mean, and his career was basically done after that. There's no foul, mm. no foul called, no mm. card. And the kid's gotten up, and he's high-fiving with his teammates. And I went out onto the field to try it. Because Frank was a mobile kid. I'd known Frank since he was tiny. And I got out there, and I was, you know, and I'm having a go at the referee, and the referee gives me a yellow card. And I'm just like, I got back over to the sideline and I said, I just don't want to do this anymore. I mean, this is... A bit Bush yeah, League. Yeah, this is just, this, is, this isn't for me what soccer's become for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, you, you and, have a taste uh, of the pros in a good way. Yeah, yeah, and I'm just, I can't, I can't do it. I mean, this is, you know, and, and you, know, they've, you know, you've broken a guy's leg and you're sitting there high-fiving with people. And, and you've got officials that can't even, you know, can't, can't give me a yellow card for saying something, but forget about the major portion that's just happened here is, is that this guy's taking a guy out from behind. It should have been an automatic red card and a suspension. And I was, after that, I was like, I'm done. Can't do it anymore. I'm not saying that I would never go back to college because the bottom line is, is that it's still coaching and... All of that, I think I would have a really hard time doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, or you wouldn't if you had the choice. Right, exactly. Yeah. And uh, and I respect Bill a heck of a lot because he not only he not only is doing it, he does it the right way. He's mm-hmm. not he's not he doesn't he's not he's not winding guys up to go out and and kick seven bells out of guys. I mean, he's he's. He's doing it the right way. I think. I think Bill's record as a as a coach at the, especially at the Division Two level, which doesn't get a lot of credit in the pro level no. when it really should. Mm-hmm. But he's consistently put out pro player after pro player over the years. Yes. That's exactly right. When we had, when we yeah. had, we've had, you know, obviously Dixon on our roster this year. Yep. When we had Sean Reynolds. Yep. Play for us. Yep. Play for this this year. Yep. Pipe. Yep. Uh, I mean, Jerry Wilshire was getting was getting some pro looks. Yes. Uh, in, yeah. in, in, in preseason yeah, places, Jerry's a terrific player. 
Yeah. Um, I yep. mean, and, and I'm forgetting, we got Sean Hofstadter on the team right, right now. Hoff. Yep. Um, I, I mean, I know there are others that I can't, I can't yeah. think of at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. No, Bill's, Bill's, uh, Bill's a terrific coach. And the fact that he's a family guy, I mean, he loves, he loves his wife and his kids. He knows they're in a good place in, in Pensacola. He could go other places and coach, but the, the, the truth of it is is that he's made the decisions he's made because of his family, and I, I applaud him for it. I support him. Yeah. Hey, and those white sandy beaches aren't too bad. No, they're not. <laughs> they're not. I've had a few margaritas a, over there. Yes. <laughs> so where do you go from Pensacola then? Um, I got while I was while I was there. Um, John Hackworth, who John and I had done a lot of work together through the ODP program. Um, we once I went to New England. He was the assistant at Philly. Obviously, mm-hmm. Peter Novak got fired. John took over, um, and they were getting ready to start an academy. Philly was the last club at that time to start a youth academy. That sounds uh, about right. <laughs> and uh, Sorry, um, Philly. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> They would say that too. Jay yeah. Sugarman's a bit <laughs> yeah, cheap. Yeah, <laughs> but Richie Graham's not. Richie Graham was the, the architect of the Philadelphia Union Academy and the school that goes along with it. And he had to do that because Philadelphia wouldn't do it? Because they, because they wouldn't do it, but Richie also had an incredible vision for the youth okay. in, in that area. Um, he well, was a player himself, played at Dartmouth. Um, oh, nice. And uh, um, family were multimillionaires, and, and Richie was a minority owner of the club, and, and his heart was in the youth game. So he decided he was going to put his money where his mouth is, and he was going to put together uh, a, a great staff, um, start a school, to okay. go along with it. Yeah. Wow. Uh, oh, I, eventually, not now, you can keep going. I want to know about that school. Yep. I don't know so anything about that. He, um, um, if you, and Jay, if you want to look it up, it's if you look up uh, YSC Academy. YSC? Yep. It'll, it'll come, it should pop up for you there. It did. Um, and that'll give you a little bit of a thumbnail of what it is, what it's about. Um, but it's literally a hundred yards across the street from where the where we do all of our training with our um, with our youth academy. So were these Philly. kids essentially able to play soccer in the morning and classes in the afternoon, or vice versa, that type of thing? Usually, what they did was they'd come in for classes in the morning, leave about ten, and come, and we would do um, training for them in the mornings. They would do mainly um, individual and small group training. Um, Back to school, um, about four four thirty in the afternoon. They'd come back uh, to the academy, and we'd have academy training at night. So they would do uh, ba- at six o'clock. What amounts to two a days? Yes, every day. Wow. Yeah, man. And Those that was savages. And so that was the academy setup. Mm-hmm. And that was a was that a, like a K through twelve school? Was that just a high school? What, what was it's, a, it's a it's um, mainly. And again, I apologize. I think it's, I want to say, 6th or 7th grade through through 12th grade. Okay. Cool. Um, that's, and, that's, a, that's a wide range. That's yeah. awesome. And um, the, the, Richie, this is, this is Richie's dream. And um, 
and and if you want to look at if you look at Philadelphia right now, I was going to say look, look at, at the Mark roster. McKenzie, mm-hmm. Austin Trusty, um, Anthony Fontana, Matt Real, Matt Real. Um, these are, these are all guys that came through. Uh, Brendan Aronson. These are all guys that came through that setup. And uh, did you have some of those kids? Yes, around that like time, the yeah, YSC Academy. So what they came through? Yes, that's amazing. Yep. Uh, Derek Jones, who's now at yeah. Nashville. Nashville. Yeah. Um, Jonesy came through there. Um, May, played at the U twenty World Cup, I think. D- Jonesy did. Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's, so, it's no coincidence that Philadelphia started to really come into their own own in Major League Soccer. Right. Since the academy players started graduating. Absolutely. So, so they, they br- the first team. Yeah. yeah. They brought you in as part of that academy. They. I was I was the eighteens coach. Okay. Um, when I came in, but I also had first team duties. So a normal day for me was um, go in uh, usually at 7, 7.15, 7.30. I lived down by the stadium. So um, so I would go in um, 7.30, usually get in, mm-hmm. um, have our meetings, go through training for that day, everything else, go out to training, um, I didn't always have things to do with training, but once in a while I'd have X, Y, or Z. The big thing that the big reason John always wanted me there was because we had no um, we had no reserve team, and we had we at that time we didn't have Bethlehem Steel, mm. so the 18s were the next team to the mm-hmm. first team. So it was important that I was there and looking at what they were doing, what we were doing. And if I had a guy that I felt like this guy can can hop in training, then I would get him in there in the mornings. And as time evolved with the school, because of the way the school's set up, it's all set up basically around their training schedules. If I had four guys that the first team needed that morning for training, I went, picked them up, boom, down to first team training, take them in, they'd hop in. Um take them back up to school afterwards. So I was basically first team training every day about noon, 12.30. We'd have our lunch, have our debrief for the day, straight back up to the youth academy. Um, And then I'd have to prepare my session with the 18s for that night um, and then do my session. The hard part about Philly was I ended up taking on not just the 18s and not just for – and it got more so when Jimmy Curtin took over as the mm-hmm. head coach, I actually ended up having to do a lot in first-team training. Um, you were I an say, extra body that he wanted to use. Exactly. So mm-hmm. I, was, I was doing the 6v3 rondos. Um, you know, he'd give – you know, Mike Sorber would have the passing. I'd have um, a group of, of my academy guys in the bottom end of the roster, the first team over here doing a rondo. Um, so – I got more and more involved when Jimmy mm-hmm. when Jimmy came in and did Jim Jim Curtin come from outside or was he an in in in, in Jimmy, organization? Hire? Jimmy's a Philly guy. I mean, obviously he played in MLS mainly at Chicago, but he's with Chivas USA. Um, R.I.P. Um, yep, yep, yep. Um, he, uh, um, you know, he worked when he retired from playing. He moved back to. He's a Philly guy. Yeah, um, went to Villanova. Um, came back, um, worked in the academy, helped Brendan uh, uh, Burke out with Redding at the time, um, 
did a lot of uh, the GA Cup. Mm-hmm. Uh, Philly won it one year. Um, Jimmy was the head coach for that. Oh, nice. So, so he was already in the organization. He was already in the organization. Did you know him before he, before he took over? I actually, when I my first preseason there was Jimmy's first preseason with the first team. So, okay. I, and again, remember that we didn't have an academy when I got there right. in, mm-hmm. in 2012, in that January, February of 2012. And Jimmy, <clears throat> Jimmy and I hit it off. We had a really good relationship. Um, you know, we were both, I was learning the ropes certainly more than Jimmy was because he'd been around it for a year or so at that point. Um, but he was really good to me. And, uh, and we just developed a real, real good friendship. Um, and probably why he trusted you to include you more in the first yeah. team stuff and, later and on. As any new coach and as any young coach, which he was, when you take over something in a situation like that, you want people around you that you can trust. Sure. And and um, I think I had I had developed a, a a good bit of trust with Jimmy. I think he knew I had his back and and uh, um, would help any way that I could. Um, so. Um, but what ended up happening is, and ultimately it probably was the reason I left Philadelphia, um, I ended up taking on the homegrown list for the club, which is basically, it's all the age groups um, at that time. Now it's changed, but at that time, basically every player that you had registered in the club, you had to log all their training sessions, all of those kinds of things. It was, it was a boatload of work. Is that because the Federation required it? That was because MLS required it. Uh, because mm-hmm. the thing about it is, you're trying to keep these guys as um, as property of Philadelphia Union. So think about it. A guy like um, Derek Jones. Derek Jones, you know, featured in the U-20 World Cup and, and all of that. Well, he was our property. Derek had to sign for, what, $67,000? Derek's out on the open market. Derek's signing for two hundred thousand dollars. Sure, with yeah. some with somebody else. So it's a huge financial stake that the club had in their homegrown list. And in order to keep him player. classified as a homegrown for roster him, rules, you had to keep, have keep him involved and yep. have checked every box mm-hmm. down the line, or some other team could come in and make Absolutely. a claim on it potentially. Absolutely, huh. and it's a huge deal. I mean, I, I'm just telling you, end of every month for me was it was it was a nightmare i mean it really was and it was making sure you had all the numbers right everything else because you had to report that to to megan cameron at the at the uh mls office um you know is it was it was a boatload of work Mm -hmm. then on top of that um reading um when reading was in during the summers i became the liaison for reading so i had to go up there twice a week so it's an hour and a half from Philly up to Reading, go up, watch training, watch what's going on. Um, and CFC yeah. fans may remember Reading, who we've played twice in the Open Cup or once? Twice. I believe just once. It would have been 2016. Play, we beat them in the uh, in the Open Cup on yeah. penalties. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And they, and they were basically the uh, de facto summer team for Philadelphia players that wanted to fill it up who's looking at or had signed you would have had in that team i mean guys like zach zandy will campbell i mean you would have had you would have had probably from the year before which was my last year there the two, 2015 um 
you would have had probably 10 of my guys that were in that would have been in that group so a lot of young ones a lot of young guys who were hope potentially hoping to make it absolutely in, on philadelphia's roster as yep. homegrowns maybe yep absolutely so, so i'm guessing the deal with the homegrowns because this is this is fascinating as a, as a as a nerd that that pays attention a lot to the intricacies of mls sure. rosters sure uh for fun the ever-changing and there's intricacies. a lot of them yeah yeah so so i mean I don't even remember if MLS had rules at this point about selling homegrown players, but at some point they ended up instituting rules yeah. where in the, the the clubs themselves or the franchises themselves got to keep more money. Yes. When they sold a player on, as opposed to sending whatever, yes. like 25% yes. cut. Yeah. And I want to say, Matt, that that came in 17, maybe. Yeah. Right. Around. But this was definitely a part yeah. of that process oh, of yeah, building up to sure. it. For sure. Yep. So like there was definite financial in- incentive on not just in terms of keeping their wages lower. Yeah. Which as as a m- bigger fan of people might remember from this podcast as a more of a fan of the European system. Yeah. MLS always tries to keep the, the wages down because of course they do. Welcome to American sports. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So so you, you mentioned that probably that was part of this story that you're telling is probably the reason that you left. So Well, it, it wasn't just that. Then all of a sudden we... Harrisburg became our USL affiliate, uh-huh. and then I had to go back and forth to Harrisburg, usually once or I'm twice sorry. a week. That's a two-hour. That's a two and a half hour drive. Two, Sounds two terrible. Hour. Yeah. So, what was ending up happening is I was leaving the house seven seven thirty in the morning, um, and usually getting home at night around ten. Ooh, and I went out. through a twenty-six day stretch where I never had a day off. So wow. it reached a point where I was like, um, an opportunity came up in Florida for a guy that wanted to start a USL championship side and start a, a youth club to go along with it, all of that. Sounds like something you'd um, be well-suited for. So it, 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 and it ended up that, that was, uh, he flew me down on a Sunday. Um, Sunday morning, I flew back Sunday night. Um, I met with a guy for 15 minutes. I was like, I think this will work. I mean, I, I, I like what, what I'm hearing here. Um, so I ended up, I left Philly and joined um, uh, Tim Dorn, a group called Global Sports Group. Um, they started uh, FC Florida Club there. Um, his mandate to me was with the 19s. He wanted to have a 19 team. His son was in the 19s. But it was a group of kids that had grown up together. Um, we want college scholarships, and I want to win the McGuire Cup with the 19s. McGuire Cup's the big Florida Cup, right? The, no, McGuire Cup's the national tournament. Oh. The oldest, mm-hmm. It's the oldest cup competition in the United States, actually. So that's why I've heard of it, but I had it confused. Yep. Okay. Yep. But, it, but the thing about it is it never came in under the developmental academy. It was ah, always part of the USYSA. So, um, so that was... One mandate. The other mandate was to start a PDL team. That was the South Florida Surf, right? In which you f- did, which you definitely did, because I've I've watched. Uh, there's video. I don't know if you remember. There's a camera crew that followed you around for a training session. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And before you got here, when you were announced as a coach, I definitely watched an entire. <laughs> well, what what they you produced poor, was an entire you poor guy. <laughs> oh man, I watched you do a training session, and it's like little bits and pieces. And these guys, they did a, they did a nice job producing stuff, but it was a. Uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was different. It was a it was a morning <laughs> show from Port St. Louisie, I think. And it um, looked like you were on a golf. I know you weren't on a golf course, but it was like the grass was perfectly green and manicured. It looked it's like at the Kaiser fairway. University. It okay, was beautiful. It yeah. looked like the fairway at a golf course. It was <laughs> yeah. immaculate. Yeah, it was. 
Yeah, it was amazing. <laughs> it was amazing. And uh, but yeah, so I I I took on the job. Um, the nineteens, we we uh, we went to the McGuire Cup final, lost. Uh, oh, but, but you uh, made the final though. Made it to the final. Now, did that team have a? Was that a serious? Like, did he know that he had a he had a kid and, and a group of kids that were going to be competitive? Or did you have to do a lot of work to get them to together? Do, I what I did was I supplemented the team with a number of my Philadelphia kids that that had outgrown the 18s but hadn't gone to college yet. I had about five of my Philly guys that came in of my. You, you brought in some ringers. <laughs> I did. That. I did. I mean, smart. Yeah. You're, when when yeah. one of your uh, objective yeah. is to win the McGuire Cup, you stacked it up. And if you're a if you're one of the Florida kids in that situation, a real key in that situation is putting players with you that can show your talents too, mm-hmm. and um, and I think that's a a lot of times people. Players, it's always funny to me, players that are trying to win competitions so they can move up the, the, the proverbial ladder, mm. they forget sometimes that if if you don't understand that your team needs to make it to those levels for you to get seen, then you don't get what this is really all about. Coaches, when I go and look at a player... I mean, I look for three qualities. I look for a quality of a player's first touch. I look for a quality of, of, of a player's, you know, passing ability, long and short, with and without pressure. And most importantly, I look at the quality of their movement off of the ball and attack and a defense. So people ask me, well, you're going to go out and you're going to evaluate a player. I'm, I look at those three qualities. And, and the truth of it is, unless you see those qualities against players that are as good or better than they are, you're wasting your time. Mm. I will. So. I will say, uh, as as I was in the open tryouts pool, humble at, brag coming in at at at, uh, at CFC tryouts this year, uh, and, and Coach Fuller was leading those tryouts. Those are exactly the things he told everybody to, that he was looking for, and that the staff was looking yeah. for. They, yeah. I mean, verbatim, that was what it was. That's cool. Yeah. So, for example, I, I have no movement off the ball. <laughs> You or did, for, you or did say that you were the yeah. really lazy player. But you really. scored. You don't have to hey. specify. Or a true. good first touch. Or any first touch. Actually, my first touch is how I scored. Because I started dribbling. That was, my that first was just touch, a mishandle. My first, <laughs> my first touch dribbling is terrible. Which is why I don't dribble. Which is why you bumbled it across the line. Listen, you scored. It was a volley. Thank you. you very much. Did you drink whiskey? The this ball time? doesn't touch the ground. No, he refused. <laughs> he sh- listen. It's an. I mean, that's, Last a, that's time, an important question. The first right? time he scored, he came off the field, yeah. and I gave him a shot from the flask, and he uh, of some brown liquor. Oh, yeah. and he was he was triumphant. The second time, I was like, "Do you want a shot?" And he was like, "No, I have, I'm trying to whatever, whatever." I was like, that "You're not was, making the team, man. Have trying a shot." To make the team. You drink you drink whiskey foolers first. Try out. I believe. Uh, no. Yes, it was my second. It was that my was second that goal. was when you pulled your hammy. Yeah, that was. After that's why. Scored, that's why. Celebrate. Yeah. That's why I needed yeah. that. That's why I needed the liquor. <laughs> yeah. I, I was kind of in pain at that point. That no, my first goal was, was a complete accident. I just intercepted a back pass and <laughs> one tied it in the back. Of my speaking of speaking of the tryouts, though, how how did you originally like? What was the the final deal to get you to come to CFC? It, it, interesting. Um, so I was finishing up um, that fall of 18. Um, I was finishing up my time with, with uh, Tim, with Tim Dorn, with Global Sports Group. Um, there, he, had, he had told us he was getting out of the soccer business as of December of that year. And they, So he did not end up bringing a USL championship? He couldn't. And, and 
Interesting, Breezy. We, we went to the USL office and made a presentation. I think it was an excellent one. Um, we met with uh, Papadakis, mm-hmm. the whole group. Um, he told us, he said, as long as David Beckham and Inter-Miami is, is looking to be a viable MLS franchise, we're not going to give anybody a USL championship fri- franchise within 200 miles of there. Really? Because they work on they work on franchises. Yeah. So, and, and owning, my, the right, owning the rights to the specific yeah, area. And my owner was devastated. I mean, and, and and he didn't want to go anywhere else. Yeah. He wanted to do it where he yeah where he was. Yeah. But here's the interesting thing. And again, I you know, huh. look, I'm not trying to get controversial, but the truth of it is, then you've you told us in two thousand in the fall of 2015 that you were gonna that you were that we couldn't have a franchise because of that. But yet now in 2020, you had no problem with giving FC Miami, Miami FC right. a franchise right across the street from, yeah. from Inter-Miami and Inter-Miami's USL. Le- USL League, d- League d- One. Right. For, U- USL D3. Yeah. So hang, so hang on a second. Basically what you're doing is you're trying to get them – you're trying you're, to kneecap Nisa is what you're doing. What, exactly. And mm-hmm. and it's, you know, so I, I just, I thought it would be interesting to tell you and the listeners that only because I was privy to how this thing went down mm-hmm. yeah. initially and what we were told. Well, and it's a really good example of why we had to build our own league. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, it, it, that, that is incredibly strong gatekeeping. So let me sum that up for anyone who missed part of that. There was a pitch, a good pitch, uh, an owner yes. that could qualify, yeah. that could do all of the proper things, and yeah. they said, no, you're going to yeah. be close to Miami, and we don't want to compete with Beckham. And then Miami FC, who is doing nothing but competing with Beckham. Yeah. It's a it's a billionaire who's supported soccer mm-hmm. wherever his team has played. He doesn't care to lose money, which, yeah. to be fair, good for him. And, he, and he's lost a lot of money. And he's, yeah, he has. But, he's, yeah. but he is not, like, he's not in a tertiary market. He's in Miami, Miami. Mm-hmm. Right. And he's and they just said, Oh yeah, you got a check? We'll take that check. Yeah. Uh, and ostensibly because he's they were in Nisa and Nisa's a competitively a competitor yeah. to them. Which and, is, and and obviously if if Nisa were to get Miami FC and get the Cosmos, that's two teams with some decent name recognition. Then you add to it a a, a wonderful franchise like Oakland and that Detroit, Chattanooga. Exactly. And now you're off to the races. You're off to the races. Some good names. Yeah. So, uh, but again, look, it's, it's, I I thought it would be interesting to throw that out only because I was involved in in why that couldn't be done. I'm, I'm, that is my first time hearing that. And I'm uh, not surprised, but also, like, it's a really interesting story. And, and it makes sense now that you've told it, but I would have never have guessed. Yeah. It's interesting. So, so you're, as Jay said, you're you're finishing up your thing. I guess he, I assume he got a little discouraged, and you're finishing that up. And then, how does the CFC link happen? So again, Bill Elliott calls me and says, "Look, it's a good guy. Um, Seems to be a theme. Y- yep, and uh, <laughs> um, a good thing." Bill Bill says, uh, "Bill told me, look, I'm I'm I know we're we're thinking about going pro, and I don't think I'm ready to." make the leap and, and go full time with the club. Would you be interested in coming in with me as my assistant? And, and, uh, I'll see, you know, see what the interest is with the club and, and all of that. But 
work with me through the summer and then take over for the the again what we didn't really know it right. was going to be at the time it ended up being the members cup obviously yeah. but there was going to be something it was going to be something and uh i was like yeah i mean i obviously i'm all ears i mean so i have i have a question about that so yeah. that's twice now that that bill's called you and you've been willing to go from uh what would essentially what would be viewed by most i think as a higher position on the soccer totem pole mm-hmm. and take a you know and i mean this with all due respect a subservient role an assistant coach role at least even if only temporarily in this case right. you know but in college you were a, a full assistant like right how do you look at that how do you reconcile those things or, or does it not matter to you it doesn't matter I mean, I'm, 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 look, when I left, when I left Mobile and went to New England, I basically spent the better part of however many years as an assistant. I mean, now again, I had the 18s at Philadelphia, but I was answerable to Tommy Wilson, our academy director. And in reality, I was answerable to Jimmy. Um, and, Mm. and before that, John with, with the, with the first team. So, um, I, I don't, if I'm working with somebody that I respect and that I like, um, I've, I've always thought my, my best niche in terms of coaching, um, I'm a good head coach and I, and I, I think I've proven that over my career, but I do think my best niche is probably as an assistant and working with somebody, um, where I'm behind the scenes, um, I can, you know, uh, Put, put sessions on, get into guys, be the bad cop if I have to be, or the good cop, um, depending on what the role and the situation demands. So I know, I know um, you and Bill a little bit, and you guys have a little yin and yang. Personality-wise, obviously you guys work well together and you meld, but yeah. you're, you're not at all uh, the same kind of personality. No, totally different. And, and, and uh, although I would say the older I, I, I was telling one of the players the other day, um, I think the version people are seeing of me now is probably the kinder and gentler one. Mm. Um, it doesn't mean that I won't drop the hammer if I have to. I just prefer not to. And I do think that the players today don't totally, don't totally get that. Um, I grew and, and again, you guys heard some of what I was telling you before the eras that I grew up in and, and, you know, being, you know, having, you know, having guys, you know, you know, having, having play, having teammates spit on you at training because they don't like you, hmm. um, having coaches, you know, abuse you and things like that. The, the thing, the thing I, I grew up in an era where that's completely different than what these guys have grown up with. The one thing that I think is really important for me to do, um, and I think Bill would agree with this is it's really important for us to do is to bring young players to a point where they understand you might get caught and you might lose your job and you're going to lose it because for one reason or another, you're, you're, you, you're either not good enough to play at this level um, you don't fit at this level. You don't fit with the group that we've got. But there's a chance you're gonna you're gonna lose your wage because because of that. And and um, and I 
I think it's particularly hard for players nowadays to understand that because most of them have always been told they were good enough. Most of them have always, you know, you know, you know, here's a trophy, you know, you know, you finished fourth, but it's okay. Everybody's going to get You're not, that's not helping the kid that's coming along that wants to be an elite level athlete because elite level athlete means that there's a bunch of kids that aren't elite level athletes. And at some point it's got to be, it's got to be done. It's not easy. Um, I, I take no happiness in it, but at the end of the day, there are times you just players have to understand there's a level that they're not at and, and they've got to be told. Yeah. No, it, it makes perfect sense. Um, so I think this is actually a good place to put a pin in the, uh, in the Peter Fuller soccer story. We're not going to end yet, but I think this is a good, a good time for us to transition into a little bit of preview of what's upcoming because this has been an excellent podcast and I don't want to cut any part of this story short because we have some history with CFC to talk about. We have all of last season, yeah. but we definitely don't have time to, uh, yeah. to talk through all of it. So what if we skip, and I'm, I'm doing this on the fly, so I don't know what everybody <laughs> else thinks. Everybody's looking at me real confused. So what he's uh, saying is you have to come back. For, yeah. a, for a part two. Definitely. I, I would love to. So we're not we're not, so we, we're, we're, not, not done done yet. Yet. we're not yeah. done yet. We're so not my, done yet. So let's yeah. I think let's jump forward if you guys are okay with it to the Independent Cup, uh, to our uh, let's preview our game a little bit this week. Let's preview kind of what we're how you're going to approach the Independent Cup, how CFC's looking at the coaching staff, looking at things. Are we setting up in a diamond? Yeah. Okay. We can start with that. Yeah. Bill Bill Elliott is here this week. So so uh, <laughs> yeah. So what what are uh, what what formation are you going to play? What players are you going to? No, just kidding. Uh, the independent cup is coming up. Obviously, if you don't know what the independent cup is really quickly, it's, it's a handful of amateur teams as well as NISA teams put into small regional pods. So we are playing with the Georgia revolution. We're playing with soda city. Um, who am I forgetting? Where's my Savannah Clovers. Savannah Clovers. Thank you. And us. And we're going to play a couple home and away games. Um, and this weekend we are playing the Georgia revs here. So, uh, I guess kind of if you can preview the cup a little bit for us, what are you as a coaching staff looking for in this preseason tournament? And then, uh, yeah, let's talk about what it's going to look like. Great question. Um, so this is our sixth week back um, from our COVID hiatus. Um, four of those weeks were spent um, – in social distancing. Yeah. Um, so obviously... So what, did that, what did that look like? I mean, it's a lot of passing patterns, a lot of rondos with pressure only to a certain certain distance. Um, so you can run up, but you can't get within six feet type can't, of thing. Exactly. Um, guys, the defenders kept in channels so they couldn't get... They could only get a certain distance from each other. Um but it was, uh, um, it, it made it really difficult. And certainly the defending side of it is what really suffered because defending is about closing spaces down and keeping spaces compact. And mm. you weren't able to do it. Um, we've spent all last week, the first part of this week, um, mainly working on our defending, mainly working on closing people down. Um, and... It's been, it, we've had, we've had a, 
a good week and a half. I would say, um, you know, it's we're probably probably going to look to try and play some form of a three-five-two, probably to hmm. start with. No, will that um, midfield be a diamond? <laughs> Smitty needs to know. <laughs> Bill's been here. We can feel his presence. Yeah. Um, I, I'd say there's a fairly good chance. There you go. That's probably not going to be the case. Um, oh, you had me going there. I thought he'd been here long enough to just, you know, I figured he was in your ear as you were sleeping. See the thing. We the thing that's going to matter. The alternate shapes yet. Though, the, the, so. thing, the thing that's going to matter here is we might start in a three-five-two, but depending on who's available for the match, we might just have to drop into a four-four-two diamond. You just never know. Matthew, <laughs> <laughs> I think um, anything could happen. Anything could happen. Anything could happen. But it's going to be an interesting one. I mean, you guys. You guys were there last year. I mean, we lost to these guys last year. And we got, our, and, and to be fair, we got boat raced at home. I was going to say it wasn't. It wasn't like. It wasn't like. You know, it, it, was, it ended up three two. Three two. It took a lot that of effort. Flat, that wasn't flattered it, us. Wasn't that, it four two? Is three yeah. two this year? Four two. Four two last year. Okay. And the thing is, it took it took everything oh, yeah, right. in us to score the two goals that yeah. we scored. Yeah, and they could have scored. And they had ten. A guy oh. that had oh, and, and easy, like, and, and, easy. Well, like here's the thing: it, we were bad. We were beaten badly. They yeah, only we made really ten forays into the attacking third. The problem is they were dangerous in every single one of them. Yeah, yeah, and which and, is not great. Yeah, and and the thing about it is, if you go through their roster, they've got the boy Witten back. Okay, um, they've got. Do they have Jamar Oakley back? I don't. Right. Oakley is not was not on their roster, but who knows? I, mean, I they, don't like this at all. Yeah. I mean, they Hate could play in the revolution. Yeah. I mean, it's listen. I mean, like we should just sign Oakley just to make sure he doesn't play against us. Right. Yeah. I mean, bring it, him on trial just for this week. <laughs> yeah. I will say though, I will, I mean, when I saw the Georgia revolution, my first thought was Juan's free kick. Oh man. Oh, in, uh, in 2018 game winning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was just sweet. That was that's what came to so, my mind. I mean, so obviously, obviously, the independent cup is going to be important. We want to win. We're the only pro team yeah. in in our division for that. So obviously, yeah, the expectation is, is that win. we win. <laughs> well, yeah, but it's also it's a preseason tournament. So do you approach that differently? Yeah, is that that, that, that's exactly where I was going with that. Well, we, we're also using it to prepare ourselves for yeah. I mean, the he, pro league. Here's the thing: if you look at most pro clubs in in the world, no matter where you're at. You have a six-week preseason. That's exactly when we get to the end of this week. We will have gone through six weeks. Yep. We have four four guaranteed games. That yes, it's a cup competition. Do you want if if you're telling me, fools, you you got a chance to win a trophy at the end of it? Well, then we're going to try and play to win. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I also know August eighth. The plan is we're going to be playing someplace in our in our NISA schedule, and I think that's a heck of a lot more important yeah. than this competition. So, am I going to try mm. things? Am I going to look at some? Am I going to look at some players in some different spots? Yeah, of course I will. Yeah, um, we'd be foolish not to. Yeah, take the opportunity. Um, what kind of what kind of like substitution rules are we looking at? Like uh, general competition rules. 
weed college or... rolling subs <laughs> 11 if you guys could see Foles I think his face turned green and he almost mm-hmm. vomited yeah yeah there's not a big enough hole in this camp does the clock does the clock <laughs> tick backwards yeah yeah does the clock tick down oh yeah. my gosh um the uh substitution rules are going to be seven we can have a roster of 18 and we can play all all seven substitutes so it's pretty much standard in psl yeah. style rules yeah okay yeah which which is great which is yeah which is yeah. fine for this yeah. kind of competition right so we, can you give us a little preview and you know it's just us boys no one's listening um <laughs> I mean, you, can, it's just us boys that no one's listening. You know that's true. That's what I'm saying. Uh, can you give us a little preview of some of the wild, uh, the wild hairs you might you might be looking to try? Like um, you know, Sean Hofstadter at goalie, or I don't know, whatever. <laughs> no, Hoff is a very good center back. This is confirmed. <laughs> Hoff is a very good center back. He's very well, Bill, good six. Bill, Bill very told good us. Six. Yeah. Bill Bill gave Smitty and I a lesson on where Sean Hofstadter we we can't the play. Only two that showed up to Coach Corner. And we got all of Coach in the corner. It was fantastic. Yeah, and right. he uh, he mentioned that uh, there's no position Hoff can't play. Yeah. Except maybe keeper. He wasn't sure if Hoff could play keeper. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if he can. I, Hoff's a, he's a terrific athlete. And here's, here's the other thing with Hoff. Hoff just, he's a winner. I mean, he wants to win. I mean, he'll do whatever he's got to do. And he's an, he's an amazing team guy. And, and 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 so easy to coach. He's he's been he, he's been struggling a little bit with with some injury issues. And uh, you know, I tried to give him a day off today. He was like, eh, "No, I'm I'm training." And it's like, "Look, I need you for Saturday. I don't need you for right now. No, I'm not comfortable taking the day off." And he had a he had a good session today. I love that. And mm-hmm. and you know what? You sort of gotta love a guy like that. Yeah, dude. I mean So what do you if you don't you're a dick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so or an idiot. Uh, yeah. do you so do you have to is, are there times when you're man managing that you have to put your foot down? Like yeah. a similar situation where you have to say, Hey, listen, I know you want to play, but yeah. and I know the the trainer cleared you, but you're not playing today. Yeah, we've got a few guys that are that way. And 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 actually it's funny, it's a lot of them are our best players, which is really good because what that says to the younger ones is his legs basically fallen off right now, and he's out here playing. Mm-hmm. I think you need to get out and train. I think you need to get the ice bag off your shin and train. And you know, right from right from Richard Dixon, Juan, you can go right down through that group. They're like, I mean, I want to play. I want to train. And and from a coaching perspective, that's you sort of got to love that. I mean, you do. And uh, um, I'm, you know, but but Hoff is, Hoff's definitely, I mean, he's a warrior. He gets after it. And I remember watching him play in one of the preseason games as, a, as one of the dual tens. Mm-hmm. And he it didn't, did not particularly have a good game. No. The team he played against was also kind of good. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and ran around him pretty easily. Is that the Memphis? It was Birmingham, I'm thinking it was, it was Birmingham. It was Birmingham. And yeah. and the interesting thing is and, is, and so I, I watched the game and I'm like, oh well, okay, this the Hoff Satter at ten at the ten experiment is probably dead yeah. forever. Yeah. And then he and then Hoff plays as one of the tens in Oakland. In Oakland, yeah, played great. And he plays great. Like, yeah. you know, we were. I mean, obviously, we were. Our, our tactics in that game were much in, much more defensive. A, yeah, to and, get points. And and Hoff's yeah. and Hoff's yeah. entire the way I saw it, Hoff's entire you know, uh, plan. 
was to just run around and be disruptive. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then and hopefully get on the break and organize and, yeah. and, and or- orchestrate something from there. Yeah. And, and Matt, he was never told to do that. He figured it out once the game got started and how the game was going. The best thing I can do for our group is to just make sure I just work my backside off and step in passing lanes, kick kick the ball, kick people, do whatever, <laughs> do whatever I got to do. Wait, what was that last hey, one? Don't, there? Don't I, heard, I heard kick people. Don't say those kind of things with Matthew in here. It gets awkward. He gets super <laughs> excited. He starts sweating. No, no. Fouling is winning. It, 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 still the words out of my mouth. I was about to literally say the only thing he'll say is fouling is winning. Yeah. I mean. But he said it before I could even get that out of my mouth. But he I was can't. also <laughs> licking his lips while he said it. Yeah. Like it got I, weird. Like yeah. I said, it makes it all of weird. us, it makes yeah. all of us uncomfortable when you mention that kind of play. Um, but no, <laughs> not, not to let you off the hook so easy, uh, or maybe I, I we just move kind of move past it. But do you have any of those wild hairs that you can share with us that you're thinking about trying? Not really. I mean, I, I think Bill and I have looked at um, a couple of different alternate systems. Um, one of them's a little crazy. Um, I like crazy. I like uh, the other one, like like two defender, like a two four four eh. something kind of thing. Well, put it this way: I got online uh, over the. COVID break and starting nice. looking at Bielsa's three. Oh three, my lord. Smitty is about to go, go, go ham right now. <laughs> and and now it's getting awkward over here with Smitty. Yeah. Yeah. I love some Bielsa. Oh ball. man. Yeah. You gotta love Bielsa. Oh, Holy cow. Yeah. So yeah. it's a it's a he doesn't he play a three 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 one? Is that the he he, he Three 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 one or three three one three. It's, like, it's just a grid yeah. either way yeah. with just one yeah. pivot point that yeah. changes. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is really interesting. <laughs> and which and which part which part of that do you like? Um, Kyle Carr at the six in the middle of the pivot. Who, who plays the Pablo Hernandez Stash. role? <laughs> Stash. I, I I think there's a couple of those lines that have to be incredibly athletic, and I'm not sure. I'm not sure we have that. Um, but listen, I'm intrigued by anything that he does. I've been a fan of his, you know, for a long time. And, uh, um, the, the, the hard part, the hard part with him is the demands that he puts on his players physically is what usually ultimately is their undoing as they get further into a season. You saw it Mm. with Leeds last year. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, and you know it looks like they're gonna it looks like they're gonna get it over the line this year, but you know it's it's. I mean, if you look at his teams, the, in some ways the most the most important the most important guys in those teams are the physio and the and the sports scientist because what he absolutely demands of guys yeah is 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 ridiculous and i know we've worked really hard we've spent a lot of time the last week on pressing and i can dig it getting after teams really and and once the press is broken how fast can we get back deeper than the ball and it's interesting because we've not serious injuries, but we've we've accumulated a few. We're taking tomorrow off. And part of it is if you're gonna push guys like that and you're gonna put them under that kind of pressure, 
and especially if they're not used to doing it, yeah, it's tough. Well, and also it's like tough. you know coming off of coming off that that big COVID break. Mm-hmm. I mean, we well, we've seen this in we've seen this in Germany, we've seen this in England. So much of uh, the way football was played before March mm-hmm. and the way football is being played right now is just different. Yeah, because of just the guys all of a sudden not being match sharp. Yeah having to come back into it. Mm-hmm. And, and and we've seen so many different, like just little injuries that if, I mean, if some of these teams are fighting for champions league spots and they're, they're, they're going a little bit too far and all yeah. of a sudden they're going to be out for you yep. know, one, two months now. It, and I think Matt with that, it's funny. There's a couple of things that come to mind from watching some of the Bundesliga games from the, from the English games you can't you can't take the amount of time off these guys have taken taken off and not think that that's going to happen it's it's going to happen yeah. And, it, yeah. and it does listen i'm telling you if you guys saw the saw the scores of our guys during um the first two weeks we did we did our first three weeks when we did our um our beep test <laughs> classics they were phenomenal they were yeah. phenomenal. They guys were did a phenomenal. lot of running. That's and, and again, we so they could do. They we gave them a weekly program for ten straight weeks that they that they were able to do. We we got it out of the gym, so they were they were outdoors. All of those kinds of things. I mean, we and the guys stuck to it. It's obvious, or else they wouldn't have produced the scores that they produced. But even still, it just shows you once you get back into football. Real football, where guys are tackling, where guys are fighting for balls and everything else. It's different. It's different. It's different. The other thing that I, I, I'm interested in, and I'd love to hear your guys' opinion on this, but watching the German games, watching the, the, uh, the English games, the, 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 the Spanish games, does anybody now question how important supporters are and how huge fans are in a stadium oh yeah it's like watching it's like it's like it's like watching practice i mean it it is i mean i've i've found it fascinating especially if i can watch versions that don't have any any uh extra crowd noise i I still like that version as well the piped in fifa crowd i don't mind i don't mind like a little bit of piped in noise but I, I think it's just really more interesting to watch a game. I like the, to listen to the players talk. Where the players are talking, the coaches are talking. Yeah. It's just it's just different. And it's yeah. It's an unusual and unique uh, opportunity for fans to, to be able to listen to what's happening out there. But it's certainly not the same. It's not of the same. Of course it's not the same. Yeah, but and, I, and, and it's not gonna be the same for a while, and we're just all gonna have to get over that and yeah. but there might appreciate a different side of the sport that we wouldn't ordinarily yeah. see. But Dude, I, not not to date the podcast, but before we started, I watched AC Milan AC. Milan come back against Juventus. They were down two nothing. They won four to two, and the celebrations that were happening during the game were screeches. Like it felt like it was a crowd, <laughs> but it was literally all the players, mm-hmm. and just seeing like how much it actually meant to them, and like hearing yeah. like yeah. it feels like you're like at a, an actual release. Yeah. It feels like you're at a bad. Do that. A ba- when I say bad, I mean like a poorly attended college game. Like if, and yeah. if, you've, if yeah. that's a good point, Breezy. There's yeah. about there's about I agree with that. There's about ten yeah. people yeah. out there that that watch as much. Uh, tape like the idiots that matt and i are and if you watch if you watch the tape from a guy that's trying to make a pro team that played in college usually he's scoring a bunch of goals uh, at least the beginning of his tape in front of no one and it's yeah. the same sound yeah. that happens when he's when he scores a goal 
maybe that's why it like wasn't like a hundred percent foreign to me. Maybe like that's probably the reason. Actually, yeah. <laughs> I think I think the most interesting thing in terms of the quality of play that I've noticed during the restart, and you alluded to this, and and obviously we haven't been able to do much contract on mm-hmm. not much contact, especially on, on defense. Little Freudian slip there. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, is that the By most? The, way, the most contracts. Yeah, we 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 can, we could we can see if we could you know pull that out of him a little bit later. The most interesting thing is like the team shape, uh, and, and like this is this covers you know I've watched a little bit of a ton of the English league since it's been back. Mm-hmm. Watched a little bit of the Bundesliga. Seen a little bit of even the NWSL right in their Utah tournament. Right. Team shape has been and, and, and well fitness has been hit or miss, gradually getting better. Mm-hmm. Team shape has been pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. But the thing that that has really stood out to me is that the individual quality of attackers is completely overpowering defenders. And I think it's perfectly encapsulated by Christian Pulisic's goal for Chelsea against uh, Crystal Palace, where, and, and really the, Man- the, Manchester, the goal he scored against Manchester City, where you just get him a little bit isolated uh, and, and a couple quick steps, throws the defender off because the defender's not used to, right. the, the defender's not sharp, yeah. and boom, goal. And I think... I'm hoping, as, as someone who's selfish and wants CFC to win, especially this independent cup, I'm hoping that players that are pro quality, playing against amateur guys, that are coming off of these, you know, these long, these layoffs. long periods, long layoffs, yeah, that you know we can we can see a little bit of, of individual quality mm-hmm. in in attack because I think that those are the kinds of things, especially early on, right. that will likely end up making the difference in some of these games. Agreed. Yeah. So I guess that's not a bad place to... Uh... Hey, by the way, contracts. <laughs> <laughs> hey, fools. So just let the guys know if we're not crushing these teams and they should be very blessed that they're no, they're they're no, no fans. fans in the stadium. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, we... I think the boys wink, wink. be all right. Say no, <laughs> wink, wink, say no more. No, I think that's actually a good place to uh, to maybe tie this tie this up, put a little bow on, on so round before one. So we, before we go, we've got a listener question. Yes. Um, so this one comes in from Olivier. And he Who? Won- yeah. <laughs> Never heard of that guy. <laughs> Olivier. Sounds French. Lemitre. <laughs> oh, I know, I know I butchered his I don't last know how name. To, I don't know how to but, say uh, it, but I'm sure that's Le not Le how you say Le it. <laughs> yeah, Le that. Did you just, did you um, say... I don't think that was right Listen, either. We, we've already established <laughs> myself and names just don't happen. Um, you could have even left out his, his, his last name. <laughs> yeah, I know. But Olivier works. It, it was it's too more, easy. It's almost more fun this way. All right. So his question is, fools, have you gotten any more efficient at cooking lobster? <laughs> <laughs> this is an excellent question. Um, and a and a fair question. And a fair question. Um, yes, I have. Uh, that's the first thing. The, <laughs> the second thing with it is, um, I'm not saying that it tastes good. I'm just saying I've become far more efficient at cooking it. So, yeah. The water boils this time. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> you know, the amazing thing about putting a kettle of water on a stove <laughs> is that after 30, 40 minutes, 
if it's not boiling on a particular burner, you actually have three other burners on that <laughs> stove that you might want to try. And uh, just that, that's a FYI to the pro to the tip life hack. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, who'd have thought you'd learn listening to this podcast? <laughs> exactly. uh, so de- definitely a uh, rare occurrence. Um, all right. So you can find CFC's game if you're listening to this before July 11. Uh, at 8 p.m. on the CW Real TV, y'all. Yeah, you can also find it on on Mike Huju if you're if you're so inclined and lucky. Who? Uh, or on YouTube. I'll be in Mississippi, so I have to catch one of those, which sucks. I don't think they get the Aww. CW. In. Jay, no, where, but I'll have to catch where the online. Where in Mississippi are you going to be? I'm going to uh, Columbus, Mississippi, just east of Starkville. I'm I doing some Stark work. Stark Vegas. Stark yeah. Vegas. Yeah. Yeah. I've been in the Egg Bowl a time yeah. or two. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've been there. It's a. It's a. Yeah. It's a, it's a the air rings with cowbell every <laughs> second that you're there. It's Absolutely. almost insane. Yeah, more cowbell. We need more cowbell. It's constant. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so while I'm in Mississippi, yeah. I'll be catching probably the YouTube stream because I prefer YouTube. Yeah. Sounds like Preach. Coach has a fever. What's the what's the prescription? Crazy? I think it is uh, no cowbell ever. All right. <laughs> Ladies, gentlemen, germs, Chattahooligans, thank you for tuning in. Uh, I am one of your hosts, Breezy. Thank you very much uh, to head coach Peter Fuller. Thank you for joining us. We cannot wait for round two. Um, if you guys want to give out your social media handles, starting with producer Jay. Uh, first off, before <clears throat> before I get my social media, I will say one more shout out to our sponsors, Operation Get Active. You Woo! can check them out at operationgetactive.org. Shout out and you can hit a backslash and donate if you're feeling generous. But you can find me on Instagram at letter J and on Twitter, J underscore Buchanan, but more importantly on the Section 109 pod. Matthew? You can find me on Twitter at whiskey is fine. And I'm Smitty, and you can find me at A Smitty Nose. And I'm Breezy, and you can find me on the internet somewhere. Thanks, guys. Peace. Thanks, Coach. Thank you, guys. <laughs>